everyone. How you doing? I'm back, Stan. Did you miss me? How much did you miss me? You were gone last I, I never know. even noticed. I know, no. I know. And and you told me John Gilmore did such a great he job. A you you job. thought it was the best show he'd ever done. I thought, oh great, now Stan isn't even gonna miss me. No, I know I you missed, missed me. Yeah. I know you did. I know you did. Oh my gosh, I had the most awesome weekend last weekend. I was a judge for the Christian homeschoolers, and I cannot tell you how much these kids inspire me and give me hope for the future. And I think they might have talked me into, uh, they have, this was, this was the Nationals. So this was 500 kids who had competed from all across the country and they all came to Roseville at Northwestern College, which is such a gracious and wonderful host. The volunteers who help us, the volunteers who work to put on this whole entire, it's a week long event with all these different competitions leading up to the championships on Saturday and they have Lincoln Douglas debates moot court which is pretty new I think last year was the first year for that one and uh, team policy and I usually do team policy but they got me so excited about the moot court after my Supreme Court victory that now I think I might have to do that one too because they don't overlap you know they're at, at separate times and oh my gosh it was just so awesome and I can't thank John Gilmore enough for stepping in to fill in for me and really I heard from so many people that it was his best show ever so if you missed last week, uh, make sure you go back and listen to it on the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to any and all of them. So if you're on your way out of town for the holiday, well, you can still listen to this one, too. Tell your friends, too. Uh, but man, oh, man, strap in, because are we loaded for bear today or what? There is just so much to talk about. We had some huge, big wins at the United States Supreme Court. I am really, really excited about that. And how about Kennedy Res- Designing. Oh my gosh, I just can't believe that Trump is going to get to pick another justice and people are already looking down his list of what, 20, 25 names and he's going to announce that on July 9th. So we're going to talk about those cases. We're going to talk about Kennedy stepping down. And then I'm going to tell you about two interesting cases, one in New York and one here in Minnesota that that I hope these will also prove to be victories for our side of the aisle because it's just really, really sad how how often we have to sue our own government to get them to do the right thing. One of the things we're going to talk about today is uh, how elections matter, and we're going to talk about some of the bigger races, but early primary voting has started, and we're going to talk about some of the assorted races and some of the assorted issues. But when I picked out my lowlights for local communities who just continue to do stupid stuff, one of the things I'm going to say is, hey, Congratulations, Bloomington. Congratulations, hands off our cans. You sued your city over your ridiculous organized garbage hauling and you won. And I am so proud of you. And, and I, I repeat this every single time. People don't realize how scary it is and intimidating it is to stand up to government and say, whoa, time out. This is not your role. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. And we're not going to let you stomp all over us. Uh, in New Brighton, uh, Sue Erickson and Gina Bauman, who've had to sue the city of New Brighton and won all the way up to the Minnesota Supreme Court. Well, remember I told you about that? 
Remember I told you how after the election, the mayor and the city council decided they were going to extend the terms for the mayor and the city council. They were going to give themselves an extra year. Are you kidding me? Without telling the voters and after the election is over. So thank you to my local warriors in New Brighton, Gina Bauman and Sue Erickson. They sued the city. It cost us thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars uh and thank you to all of you who donated to that because you know it can't be done if we don't band together and help each other well sure enough new brighton we get a different mayor and we get some different city council members and after the election they do it again so we went out gathered all the signatures that well they worked so hard to gather all the signatures that they needed and submitted the petition to the city and we'll find out on monday if they get uh if the it becomes a ballot question if they put it on the ballot in november so we're hoping that's going to happen too and on today's show we are going to talk about um do you want to live in the kind of society where you're harassed by those people by those who oppose your political views we're going to talk a little bit about sarah sanders and some of the trump uh administration that are just being harassed unmercifully uh and we're going to talk about um uh, we're going to talk about the Democrats. We're going to talk about this hard left shift that they've taken. And will that resonate in Minnesota? We're going to talk about has the left gone too far? And we're also going to talk this giant protest going on today where you have thousands of people. And there are thousands of people in downtown Minneapolis that are marching through the streets now. One of the signs says, I love this, the only ice this Minnesotan tolerates is the kind I skate on. I laughed. I thought it was funny. But then underneath it, it says abolish ICE. And that's something that Democrats are really, really pushing hard now. And I want you, we're going to talk a little bit about illegal immigration. We're going to talk about these protests in the second hour. But I want you to think about this. Really, truly, Build the Wall probably won the 2016 election for Donald Trump. That and Hillary Clinton was the worst candidate ever in the history of presidential politics i think um but but don't you think it's kind of strange that the democrats are going to use abolish ice in 2018 abolish enforcement of ice uh open borders don't you think that's really uh do you think that's a winning recipe for the democrats in 2018 i think they're crazy okay so i told stan we're leading up to independence day i'm hoping we're having some patriotic music to get us in the spirit because the fourth of july is just around the corner and i love our country i love freedom as messy and as as crazy as it can sometimes get uh we still live in the greatest country in the whole entire world so lots more coming when we come back we'll talk about some of the victories we saw at the united states supreme court what a week it was and oh man i can hardly wait to see who donald trump picks for his next new justice which will We'll have to wait a week to find out. I can wait, well, barely. Stay tuned. Sue Jeppers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and com. What a week we had wrapping up the the final final and very end of the United States Supreme Court. They came down with all the rulings. I was so, you you know how, okay, 
I told you guys for years and years and years and years how important elections were, how important Supreme Court nominations were. So the Supreme Court is something that I've followed for a long time. I especially became concerned with the Supreme Court when I had a case that went there, which happened this year. And, you know, I I won it because I talked about it forever and I was so happy and it was such a cool experience and new experience to go out to Washington, D.C. and to watch the and see the justices in real life and see how it really happens and you guys it's not like tv so it was just really really cool and i i loved every single bit of it and i try to keep you over the years updated on big cases cases that we should be watching and paying attention to and 2018 to quote my friend john gilmore was like the best session ever and oh my gosh it was just and in fact even i'm the Fox News is on TV in front of me, and there are the Supreme Court justices right in front of me. And they look just like that in person. And to hear them talk and then to read their opinions, and if you're like me, to see your name in one of those opinions, it's just, you know, the Supreme Court shouldn't have this much impact on our life, but it does. And we have to pay attention. And I just thank God every single day that Hillary Clinton is not our president. I just thank God that we dodged that bullet. And I am so thankful that Donald Trump is going to tell us on July 9th who he picked for his next uh, for his next Supreme Court justice. And who knows? He might even get another one or another one. You never know. All right. So this week we had some some rulings. It troubles me that so many of these rulings are five, four, five, four. I told you on our case, it was a seven, two and it should have been nine, nothing. So don't tell me the court isn't politicized because it is. Um but sometimes they just, they, sometimes, you know, what, right now we have the majority. We hope we keep the majority for generations to come. Freedom matters, people. Freedom matters. Uh, this past week we got some great rulings though. The Supreme Court said California, they had a law on the books that forced anti-abortion, uh, crisis pregnancy centers. So in other words, pro-life pro-life pregnancy centers, that they had to provide information about abortion. And the Supreme Court said, nope, nope. But you actually had four Supreme Court justices who actually think that a pro-life organization should be legally forced to to promote abortion. That's just crazy, people. That is just crazy. How much power do you want the government to have? How much say do you want the, the government to have? And we have four justices. So let me tell you something about these upcoming Supreme Court picks. We have to fight. 5-4, that's too close. That is too close. And this, the, on the nominations and on the, uh, and on the votes and on the pressure onto our U.S. senators, uh, we, we have to make sure that the conservatives are the ones that stay in control of the, of the, of the United States Supreme Court. There can be absolutely no mercy on this one. No mercy. The other big win that we saw last week was the travel ban win. Now, if you listen to the left, they called it the Muslim ban, which is BS. There is no way that is a Muslim ban. It was a travel ban. Once again, this was a 5-4 ruling, and that should trouble you. It should have been 9-0. And the racists called anyone who supported this, uh, their, what they termed the Muslim ban. They called them is- Islamophobic. They called them fear-mongering. It was just absolutely crazy. A really interesting part of that uh, of that opinion was was 
Justice Thomas, Clarence Thomas, had a really interesting uh, segment of, of his opinion that talked about universal injunctions. And that's like, do you remember you, they go judge shopping and they find a judge in Hawaii that says, yep, I'm going to stop this this ban in the whole country. And Clarence Thomas threw down, threw down the gauntlet. And I think we're going to see something coming because the, because there's supposed to be three co-equal branches of law. And the legislative branch seems to be derelict, and, and and now you've got courts that are are coming in and intervening on a nationwide case, and that just isn't how it should be. Of course, the left in Minnesota went nuts over this. They call it a uh, they call it a Muslim ban, but Keith Ellison uh, on the Supreme Court upholding Trump's travel ban says said it just proves one thing that if you steal and rip off a Supreme Court justice, then you can. Try to jam any kind of nasty, racist, ugly policy down the throats of the American people. Hey, people, is that the kind of guy you want as your next attorney general in the state of Minnesota? Really? Is that what you want him to do? Do you want an attorney general? Do you want an attorney general for the for the state of Minnesota to be fighting these national cases and to be coming out and and attacking the president this way and coming out and and calling people nasty, ugly, racist? Uh, is that what you want? No, it isn't. You want Doug Wardlow, but I will, we'll save that for another day. Tina Smith came out and said, today's decision by the Supreme Court goes against the founding principles of our nation and defies our core beliefs. We must keep working to help all people demand respect, freedom, and dignity in the same spirit on which our country was founded. What, Tina? What? What are you even talking about and by the way when you hear hear people call it a muslim ban which if you are watching the protests right now they're all talking about a muslim ban there was no muslim ban that is that is an intentional lie and donald trump's travel ban targeted the exact same seven countries that oh that islamophobe barack obama targeted in 2015 so it was seven countries it was not based on religion it was based on a country of origin and people just continually purposely ignore those facts venezuela wasn't in there north korea wasn't in there out of the top 10 muslim populations in the world only one iran was included in the ban only one out of the top 10 muslim populations in the world if trump really truly hated muslims and wanted to purposely ban them why didn't he target indonesia why didn't he target pakistan it is just crazy the the way the left tries to twist this kind of stuff in the dissent, Breyer and Kagan argued that the court should not have decided the case until it had the opportunity to hear additional arguments about the real-world implementation of the travel ban. Real-world implementation? Really, Breyer? Really, Kagan? Really? What does that have to do with the law? Real-world implementation? That's just crazy. That's just absolutely crazy. Mark Dayton said he's appalled, although not surprised, by the Supreme Court's decision to uphold President Trump's travel ban that targets countries predominantly of Muslim citizenry. It is is incredible that the narrow five-person majority could pretend the president smears against lawful Muslims. So there's Mark Dayton. Mark Dayton thinks that things that Donald Trump said, well, what, what 
Governor Dayton thinks Donald Trump said on the campaign trail. That's what the ruling should be on. Not what the travel ban actually was about, but but other things that President Trump had said. Uh, And yeah, the left is crazy. They're just totally crazy. That that whole thing just. Oh, and then Ilhan Ilhan Omar said, I'm hurt by the Supreme Court decision. And of course, everyone in the in the state had to had to weigh in on her feelings. This isn't about feelings, people. It isn't about feelings. Okay, if you want to weigh in on any of the Supreme Court rulings, we're going to start talking about more of them now because I'm going to talk about Janice up next. But if you have some thoughts, uh, feel free to call 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. Uh, let's take Lawrence right now. Hi, Lawrence. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I did hear your uh, producer last week. He didn't know the mic was hot. He said he really did miss you. <laughs> Thank you, Lawrence. So, I know he did. I could tell when I walked in the door. <laughs> so the, the reason I called was in my exciting social life over the past couple of weeks, I've listened to a Supreme Court uh, case, and I've listened to Judge Roberts speak, and I listened to Judge Breyer speak. And Judge Breyer presented some very interesting statistics uh, at the front end of his speech, what he basically said was, uh, Supreme Court hears about 70 cases a year, roughly, they did this year. Right. And he said, uh, 50% of the cases historically that the Supreme Court takes on, the court is 9-0. And he said, 20% are only 5-4, to four, and it's never the same 5-4, then the court the 30% remaining would be all over the map, so to speak. And the reason I found that interesting was when you listen to the general media talk about the nation, particularly as it relates to the Supreme Court, what you hear is the court is really divided and the court is really divisive. Right. Well, when you look at the statistics, the statistics aren't showing that. The statistics are showing generally the Supreme Court uh, is in agreement. Now, there's a large breadth of cases at the Supreme Court here, but every time you hear uh, the mass media talk about how ridiculous the Supreme Court is, um, I, they're, they're, they're presenting the wrong message. I think you're right, Lawrence, because I have um, a thing from the Washington Post here, and it said the Supreme Court opinion breakdown since 2000, so this is the last 18 years, Nine to zero has been 36% of the decisions. Seven to two or eight to one is 15%. And five, four is only 19%. So I don't know what your figures were, what time frame your figures Breyer was quoting from, but you're right. The bulk of them, you know, there aren't a lot of them that were five, four. It seems like we had a lot of five, four ones this time and and i think that's because i was paying such close attention to the travel ban i was paying close attention to janice i was playing paying close attention to some of the ones that did come in five four but you're exactly right about the message the media puts out and here's my here's my hope for the next major news event it probably won't happen for a year and i know this is somewhat biased but i would really like to see uh clarence thomas go up Where'd he go, Stan? Well, Lawrence, you there? I'm here. Oh. Can you hear me? Okay, now I can hear you. We start over. You'd really like to see okay. Clarence Thomas what? 
go up to Trump and say, I think it's time for me to retire. Now, that's nothing, that's nothing against Clarence Thomas. That would be to present President Trump yet another opportunity to play somebody on the uh, Supreme Court. So I know. I, I would, Lawrence, I would love to see think that. about this. Bader Ginsburg is 85. Breyer is 79. Uh, t- no, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Alito is 70. I mean, some of them are kind of old. Kennedy's 81. Yeah. Yeah. I could easily see Ginsburg stepping down or God forbid dying. Cause uh, let me tell you something. I know the people on the right don't like Ginsburg, but let me tell you, I watched her in that courtroom. She's a genius. She is brilliant. She is just brilliant. And on the other hand, Sotomayor, I I don't know how she even got in there. She's a social justice warrior. Well, Ginsburg isn't going to retire as long as an office, that's for sure. No. I've actually followed Ginsburg, and I've heard her speak on several occasions. And I listened to her, and I think it was a California case, the Iowa case on abortion or something like that. And, you know, she really would have surprised people with the questions she was asking, but they were very in-depth. Yep. She's brilliant. I won't take any more Thank you, time. Lawrence. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate your comments. Let's take one more phone call and then we'll go to a break. Doug, you're up next. Hey, Doug. Hey, Sue. Um, on that nomination, I, I think Trump should wait till after the election until the next Congress is sworn in and the next Senate. Why? He, he demanded that last year to wait. And if he doesn't wait, that's going to make him look like a hypocrite, and I believe it'll lose votes for the Republicans. And I did vote for Trump. I'm normally a Democrat. I do agree with you on most issues, but this is just plain wrong. And Are you sure you're a Democrat, team. Doug? Because if you agree with me on most issues... Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm switching over slowly, but... Um, I'll okay, tell you one Doug. Thing, this one issue, this one issue, is completely wrong. Otherwise, I, I do agree with you on most issues. But okay, Doug, let me ask you this though: in two thousand and ten, it was a midterm election. Obama appointed a Supreme Court justice. What's the difference? Well, this last time the Republicans came out and they waited the whole time, and they said we're going to wait till the next election. This is an election year. Presidential election year, Doug. Presidential election year. That's the difference. There's no difference between an election year and an election year. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I disagree, though. I'm glad they waited. You know, obviously... Um, the death of Justice Scalia was was horrible, and I did not want Hillary Clinton picking the next Supreme Court justice, and I didn't want Barack Obama picking the next Supreme Court justice. So that was part of the reason that I that I voted for Trump. But let me tell you something: if you compare 2010 to this year, both were midterm elections. Uh, President Obama was not on the ticket in 2010, so there's no different. 2018 is no different than 2010 at all. Well, I never thought of that point, and I, I'll take it. Uh, Excellent. You, you know what, Doug? That's all I ask, that you think about it. 
Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Keep listening, Doug. I think we're going to get him to come all the way over to our side. All right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, Janice. What a huge win that was. By the way, another 5-4 ruling. Uh, So a lot of the cases that were important to me were 5-4 rulings. Uh, We'll talk about it when we come back. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Just because Doug brought it up, let's just talk about uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy retiring. Um, That is just a massive, massive win for Donald Trump. And I just want to point out that Donald Trump does not need to nominate a a moderate. Uh, There are enough Republicans in the Senate. McConnell said he was going to hold the vote in the fall. Um, And and it's kind of funny that already, you know, before Trump won the presidency, he put out a list of some 20 people that he would consider for a United States Supreme Court justice. And since then, I think he's added five names or something like that to the list. Uh, And and at the time, everybody was talking about what great choices they were. Well, now he's got this list of 20, 25 names, and the Democrats hate every one of them. No surprise. But I will remind you again, Donald Trump does not need to appoint a moderate. He doesn't need the Democrats. Uh, and, and it doesn't matter if the Democrats oppose every single one of these candidates on Trump's list because uh, it's going to happen. So, um, by the way, Trump has also already... Um, uh, nominated and have been confirmed 21 circuit court judges. Uh, that's not only a record, but it's one eighth of the circuit courts in America that have been confirmed in the last year and a half. The 12 they did the year before was the most since the modern circuit court system was established in 1891. Just think about that for a second. Just think about that. I really hope they do something about the really crazy, crazy liberal judges we see, like the one in Hawaii and the one, well, you know, the ones that we've been, the ones that have been making headlines since Trump became president. Uh, and again, the, the left likes to pretend that the Supreme Court isn't political. Don't kid yourself. It is. And let's also remember, Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith are the Minnesota senators. They're the ones who vote on this. Remember the ones who promised us that they'd, uh, they want to represent us? Well, if you ever need a reason to vote for Jim Newberger, or if you ever needed a reason to vote for Karen Housley, all you have to do is thinking, think of Trump's third Supreme Court justice pick. And I, you know, I'm going to tell you again too, uh, it's crazy how much power nine justices have. And much to my dismay, sometimes I'm reminded, uh, it's a lifetime position. There's there's virtually no way to get rid of them. Uh, but remember, uh, Justice Bader Ginsburg is 85. Breyer is 79. Thomas is 70. Alito, who I think is a genius. He's my new favorite. Uh, he's 68. Sotomayor, she's a social justice warrior. Uh, she's 64. 
Roberts is 63. They call him a conservative, but he upheld Obamacare, so I still trust him as far as I can throw him, which isn't far. Uh, Kagan, uh, that was an Obama appointee, is 58. Gorsuch, the first Trump appointee, is 50. He could be there for like 40 years. Uh, and Kennedy, who's stepping down now, is 81. So interesting. Okay. The other big win we had this way, and congratulations to so many people, but Kim Crockett's been on my show several times to talk about this case. Uh, I think she was on last week with John Gilmore to talk about this case. We have been waiting, waiting, and waiting for this Janice case. It is a huge win, 5-4. I don't care that it was 5-4. It was a huge win. It gave every public sector worker in America back their First Amendment rights and freedom of association. The United States Supreme Court court said that public employees do not have to pay what they refer to as fair share union dues. Public employees who decline to join unions are not required to pay their fair share fees to labor groups that collectively bargain on their behalf. This was a huge loss for the public sector unions. This rolled back a 40-year-old court ruling that required basic fees by people. You're talking five or $600 a year that went into the union coffers that of then which they, well, they got out and helped uh, politicians win elections, of which 90% of them, over 90% of them, were Democrats. So if you were a state... Uh, where the union presence is weak, it's not going to really matter to you. But for Minnesota, this is huge. This is huge. There are some two dozen unions that represent hundreds of thousands of, Minis- uh, of public employees. In Minnesota, we had four hundred. In Minnesota, four hundred and eleven thousand union members in 2017, according to the Bureau of, Lib- of Labor and Statistics. Four hundred and eleven. That includes public and private sector unions. But the labor experts say that roughly half of those were public sector workers. The unions include Education Minnesota, which represents teachers. AFSCME, the Minnesota Association of Professional Employees and Teamsters. It also includes some public workers represented by the Minnesota Nurses Association, the Minnesota School Employees Association, and the Service Employees International Union. This is so huge. This has been 41 years. Teachers and other public uh, public employees had to pay these fair share dues. Sometimes they were called agency dues. I never could figure out all the different names that the that they called them. But now the um, the union is officially prohibited from collecting dues. This is a huge, huge, huge win. Huge. And if you want a little bit of perspective, why this is so important in Minnesota, in Education Minnesota, that's just one union. Education Minnesota spent $2.6 million of dues money during the 2016 campaign. $2.6 million of dues money during the 2016 campaign. $1,800 went to Republicans. $1,800 went to Republicans. Oh, Betty McCollum was mad. Betty McCollum said, in these dark times of corruption, moneyed corporate interests meddling in official affairs, and the president attacking American values nearly daily, unions are needed now more than ever. Betty's sticking with them. 
You want a reason to vote for Greg Ryan? There you go. Uh, what's interesting about this union ruling is, that, well, I think almost everyone knew this is the ruling that was coming forward. Um, if you remember, the initial case was filed two years ago, maybe three years ago, and Scalia died. So the ruling was 4-4. And so Janice, uh, Mark Janice, Marcus Janice, came came back and, and said, wait a minute, I'll file the case again. And they brought it all the way up to the Supreme Court. Uh, it Janus versus the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. Now, like I said, the union anticipated this, and they have been pushing their Democrat allies to pass state laws. This is really important, because if you want to think of one of the reasons that we were so happy to have Republicans control the Senate and the House here in Minnesota is because some of these shenanigans didn't happen, which I have to say, I wasn't entirely sure that it wouldn't happen. I mean, we saw the pension bill that passed that basically gave them everything that they wanted. Uh, in fact, the MMB uh, commissioner, Myron Franz, he, they had a big all all agency meeting and he said what a great year it was for union workers this legislative session so thanks for that but union leaders in other states have been they they anticipated this ruling and they've been pushing democrat allies to pass state laws that could circumvent what the justices ultimately ruled they were successful in new york they were successful in new jersey washington delaware and hawaii in uh new jersey the unions were able to get their democrat governor to sign legislation limiting the workers to a single once a year 10-day window to opt out and so in other words when you were hired you would have to they you would have to wait until this common time frame came up before you could opt out of it. And, well, that's just sneaky. That's just deceitful. Four other states, New York, Hawaii, uh, Delaware, and Washington also passed laws in the last year affirming that any union fee deductions would be automatic and requiring the workers must opt out in writing. Individual union contracts would be able to specify those conditions. Uh, again, the New York State United Teachers Union encouraged members to sign documents limiting them to opt out only during the month of August. I mean, how crazy is that? How crazy is that? Five states, California, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, and Washington, laws were passed requiring new public sector workers to attend mandatory orientation sessions that featured union organizers but the bottom line is it's uh the the janice win will result in public sector unions losing some seven hundred and twenty six thousand people that's incredible and an internal survey by AFSME, which has 1.6 members found that one-third would voluntarily pay dues wow one-third now here's the new wrinkle that nobody's talking about is that by declaring the practice of of fair share fees uh to be unconstitutional now they think workers could go back and sue to have the fees they paid refunded so this might not be over yet and if you need more information uh 
call Kim Crockett. Go to the AmericanExperiment.org website. Uh, track down her number. They've got all kind. They've got an action alert, basically, um, uh, to for whatever your union is, what you should do, what kind of action that you should take. Uh, and I just this is just such a huge win for us. I'm just really excited. And for all those years we pushed uh, right to work legislation. Well, this will help a lot, and there's still other things we can do, though. And remember, another election coming up in November. Okay, we're going to take, am I supposed to take a break? Is that what you just told me, Stan? Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, when we come back, I want to tell you about a lawsuit right here in Minnesota. And you talk about deceitful, and you talk about lack of transparency, and you talk about government trying to pull a fast one on us. Uh, I am very, very thankful for a lawsuit that was filed on Wednesday against Minnesota. I'll tell you about that one, and I'll tell you about this crazy, 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 insane uh, appeals court ruling that came out of New York and crazy things that come out of Hawaii and California and New York. You know they make their way here to Minnesota. We're a magnet for bad liberal ideas. So stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're getting ready to celebrate uh, Independence Day on Wednesday. I am... Gosh, Stan, I don't think I've heard one patriotic song yet. What, one of the two we have? Uh, I don't Reminds care. Reminds me of an old boss <laughs> we had. We had Halloween, and he'd be like, yeah, I put a couple of uh, Halloween songs. Have some fun with that stuff. <laughs> like, oh, thanks for the two songs. Yeah, the two songs. I'm sure you can find more, Stan. I'm sure you can find more. Okay, a lawsuit was filed Wednesday seeking records pertaining to the state of Minnesota's attempt to woo Amazon's new headquarters. Um, this lawsuit claims the state and the private economic development group Greater MSP uh, used a cloud-based file sharing site to hold materials, including the bid itself, in order to get around the state's public disclosure laws because the state uh, agency preparing the bid the minnesota department of of employment and economic development deed didn't actually possess the data instead keeping it on a server boy those democrats and their secret servers drives me crazy um because uh, deed didn't actually possess the data instead of keeping it on a server instead keeping it on a server provided by the cloud-based file sharing service box state officials claim the agency doesn't have to produce many of the key documents sought under the state data practices act you'd be shocked if you knew how much information our government entities try to keep from us you would be shocked to know how many people who are out there filing data practices requests and to you people who are filing those data data practice requests thank you thank you thank you thank you and keep filing them every politician i know talks about transparency and talks about how open they want things to be until they're in charge and then all of a sudden oh yeah yeah we're not going to tell you what what we promised you to try to lure the the amazon uh the amazon to come to minnesota 
So the lawsuit was filed by Public Record Media, which is a St. Paul nonprofit dedicated to open government. I don't know what that means. I don't know who they are, but I just want to say thank you, Public Record Media. It was filed in Ramsey County District Court, and the suit asks the court to release the documents, including the actual bid. I'd like to know what the state of Minnesota promised to try to get Amazon to come here. Us taxpayers were the ones on the hook. Hello. Yeah, we were on the hook. I want to know what the actual bid was. It also asks the state uh, or seeks to enjoin the state from using similar methods to evade disclosure in the future and to award expenses, legal costs, civil and yeah, other damages, whatever. Um, I hope they get them all because I just can't believe the state would come in and and make all these promises on behalf of the taxpayers in Minnesota. And then they won't even tell the taxpayers of Minnesota uh, what those promises were. That is just so absolutely ridiculous. It just drives me absolutely crazy. So I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you to them. How sneaky can a government agency be? Do you remember back in 2017, Amazon had invited all the states and communities in the United States and Canada to make a proposal for their second headquarters. They promised it would bring 50,000 jobs and Minnesota government teamed up with Greater MSP, which is a nonprofit economic development organization. We have got a lot of economic development money. I mean, you're talking billions of dollars being spent in Minnesota, and there is little or no accountability and transparency with that. They offer, you got all these businesses who have been in, big and small, who've been in Minnesota forever, in our very difficult business environment here in Minnesota, and what do they do for us? Nothing. They tax and regulate the snot out of us, and then they come in for someone like Amazon or or someone else. It's Wisconsin did it with uh, Foxconn, too, so it's, Minnesota isn't unique with this. But at least Wisconsin was open and honest about the, what wasn't it $2 billion, <laughs> some ridiculous figure. Um, yeah, you got screwed on that one. Sorry, Wisconsin. Um, but, but here now, um, it, here in Minnesota, you've got, um, the government and greater MSP, this private nonprofit economic, de- economic development organization that's making so much money using our tax dollars. Uh, and they say, Oh yeah, that sweet deal we put together for Amazon. Yeah. We're not telling you about it. Oh man. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. So that'll be a fun lawsuit to watch. There was another lawsuit in New York. Uh, this is unbelievable. And this is the next case that I want to go all the way to the Supreme Court. New York City has a requirement that infants and preschoolers in city regulated childcare or school based programs must, must get a yearly flu shot. It was upheld Thursday by the New York Supreme Court. The Court of Appeals said the city's Department of Health had the authority to require the shots, a rule the city first enacted in 2013 during Mayor Michael Bloomberg's administration. A group of mothers filed the lawsuit in 2015 saying the officials had overstepped their authority. Damn right they did. Oh, yeah, they did. So ridiculous. So ridiculous to mandate annual vaccinations for children between the ages of six months and five years. The ruling from the New York Supreme Court was unanimous. It was unanimous. They said the 
promulgation, whatever, of the flu vaccine falls squarely within the powers specifically delegated to the department. So, by the way, people, that could happen in Minnesota. That could happen in Minnesota. The city said, New York City said the mandate would go into effect immediately and more than 150,000 children would be mandated to get a flu shot by December 31st. That is no way. No way should your government be able to mandate you get a shot. Ah, crazy. Okay, so... When, when we come back, we are going to talk about a few things happening at the Minnesota level. And I've got some highlights for uh, local entities that are overstepping their authorities. And this is why I stress so much local elections matter. They matter. We'll talk about Roseville, Ramsey County, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Bloomington, New Brighton. Oh, man, it's a long list. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.